Hi, I'm Machine of Death co-editor David Malky. In November 2011, we staged the super stupendous Machine of Death Magic and Variety Show in Hollywood, California. After an evening of magic, music, comedy, and games, uh, I sat down with Machine of Death artist and podcast narrator Chris Straub and co-editor Ryan North via Skype to talk about the upcoming Machine of Death Volume 2. The book is called This Is How You Die, Tales of the Inscrutable, Infallible, Inescapable Machine of Death. And it's filled with all new stories and illustrations chosen from nearly 2,000 submissions that were sent to us by writers from all over the world. Now, here's Chris, Ryan, and me on stage in Hollywood. So, you guys are two of the three editors behind Machine of Death and its sequel. Yes. How does it feel to be the editors of things (laughs) that other people wrote that are loved? Ryan, I'll, 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 I'll get your thoughts too, but it's super interesting because between Matt and Ryan and I, I'm mainly a designer, Ryan's a programmer, Matt works in marketing. We did everything but write the book. And for a lot of people who are interested in writing a book, they look to us as an example and that's totally wrong because we didn't actually write this book. And, um, and it's, it's so different. Uh, it's such a different way to put something like that together that... Um, it's been amazing to read everyone's work and see all these different perspectives that you could never bring to it yourself. I think what, what I like is how people have written these stories and now we're the gatekeepers to that and we cut out all the good stuff. <laughs> you say you cut out all the good stuff? I meant to say put in, but it, it's 2 a.m. where I am here. <laughs> well, you could put the good stuff in volume two. Imagine how well received that, that's going to be. <laughs> so this is a, it's been a year of Machine of Death. Yeah. Is it a year from the release or a year from? October 26 was the release of the first book. So it's been slightly over a year since the day it came out. So starting with David, how's your year been? <laughs> it's been a lot. Um, it's been six months since we had the last show here when we announced there would even be a volume two. And in that six months, six months and a few weeks, we received 2,000 stories and, and read them and had to make very difficult decisions and were incredibly inspired by that as well because there's so much good stuff in there that it's impossible to think that one more book could contain it all. And so it, it's so inspiring because we think, where is this going to go? And we don't know because if no one buys volume two, then of course, you know, we should, we, we should walk away from this project. <laughs> but um, I will say when I first put the book up for sale last October, I thought, finally, this project is over. <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. Ryan, your take. Um, it's funny, David mentioned uh, all these stories we had to read, and I sort of, I thought I would miss having a choice in what I'm reading, in my recreation reading, because all I'm doing is reading these Machine of Death stories, but they're so varied that you know, you never know what you're going to get, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there. So it's surprising to me the, the quality of the stories and the fact that they weren't, you know, make me want to kill myself after reading the 2000th version. That's really good. I mean, it's amazing that the stories are so great, <laughs> and now there's all these great writers out there that are way better than me, and I get to pick the ones I like. I was actually going to ask that about the, about the sequel. How near to done is it in your heart? David? Um, I, I think we've bought 
28 stories or so. And the first book had 30 plus four by us. And we're gonna have uh, one story by Matt and one by Ryan and one by me in the new book as well. But um, it's, I think it's like 27 or 28 that we've bought. And we also are like officially reserving the right to add more before yeah. we're done. Um, so there may be some that we go and back and give us a second or a third or a fourth look to and be like, you know what this needs is hardcore pornography or just you know, whatever the thing is that we, this, yes, the, yes. The, the book as a unit needs. You know, it's so interesting with an anthology, it's like a stew. It needs all these ingredients in different proportions. The story, well, sorry? The story title of the hardcore pornography one? Um, it's probably, well, it's just hardcore pornography is the death. Yeah, that's how the person will die. Death in a G-string. Death in a G-string. It's very specific. You, you saw my card? <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, this, this I'm personally curious about. In the submissions uh, for volume one versus volume two, do you notice an increased desire on the part of the submitters to completely twist the and go way out on a limb as far as the premise. Anybody can tell like a drowning story where a drowning didn't quite mean what they thought. So is it just pure inventiveness at this point? They're trying to go all over the map? Yeah, I mean, we sort of asked for that where we said, you've all read the first book. What else can you do with it? So it's sort of we encourage people to go in different directions. But even so, they were just uh, crazy stories that I, I would never have expected to have read there was one um, that I enjoyed, but got voted down, where the adventures of the machine of death are uh, named Ryan North and Matt Bernardo and David Malky, and they're all crazy and just like <laughs> insane people. And uh, I think we all end up dying. There, there actually was, have, was a lot of metafiction. Sorry? Sorry, Ryan. I was just going to say, we got a lot of stories that featured us as characters, or the Machine of Death book as a character, as a, as a thing in the story, or Glenn Beck as a character. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he, and he died right away, and it, and it was so stupid. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, that, that's exactly the word I wanted, was meta-fiction, was just talking about the premise and yeah. trying to break the premise. Well, there's one story that we bought, and it's called Machine of Death, and it is going to be in the, in the next book, and it is about the people who write the predictions for the machine. And I won't give away the ending, but, the, but it's, a, it's a very cool idea that takes the basic construct of, of the machine of death mythos, and rather than find a new wrinkle in it, which a lot of stories do in a really interesting way, it just looks at it from this 90 degree angle that's totally different from anything else that we saw. Um, so there's a lot of, and there's another story that's in the far, far, far future where aliens discover the machine and what they think it is is something different than what it really is. So those sorts of things where we see the expectations uh, twisted a little bit are very interesting. But there's a lot of down the middle stories too. And you got and super pedestrian ones as well. Oh, there were, <laughs> there were a lot that were horrible. Where like a guy just gets shot. And he's like, oh, it says bullet. And then, <laughs> and then a bullet goes into his like, lungs and he dies. And we didn't learn anything. <laughs> it's like a documentary. Yeah, there, there was the whole spectrum, yes. <laughs> I think Chris is asking if we accepted his submission or not. That was actually my submission. Uh, this is actually, Ryan, this is for you. Why did you guys decide to leave the mechanism of the machine so vague? 
in that you didn't lay down any ground rules other than drop of blood, you get the prediction, the prediction is vague. We don't know who yeah. supplies it. We, it changes from story to story because people can kind of create their own version of it. Yeah, I sort of, it's sort of, I draw the analogy with zombie stories where you're reading it or you're watching a zombie movie and you're there because you want to see people getting eaten by other people. And <laughs> the explanation of where zombies came from is never going to make sense. Like they're not going to, oh, it was a meteorite and go, oh, of course, everything's so logical now. <laughs> And so it's basically, by having the blood and sort of a black box, you have enough room so that you can have magic, or you can have science, you can have some little tiny leap of faith to make the machine work without having to stare at it too, too deeply. And then everything else falls out from that. So it's, it's basically a cheat. It's a writing cheat to make something that's magic seem scientific and predictable. Would you say that what drives the machine is love? <laughs> I mean, that's what drives the human heart. And there is a human heart inside every machine. <laughs> did, you, did you, either of you notice uh, like uh, common themes in the stories that are submitted? We're submitted for this second book. Uh, I think there were, with the first one and with the second one, there are well-trod trails to tell a machine of death story. And so we tried very deliberately to steer people away from that by saying, here are some approaches to avoid and here are some things that have been done well and we're kind of, we don't need any more of the young person in college getting their first prediction and how does it affect their sense of self. Like that's a fine premise, but there's one really good version of that and, and, and several decent versions of it and then we don't need any of the other 50. Um, so we tried very hard to steer people down different paths, and we were really, really pleased to see that. But even still, there were some common themes that arose. I mean, with 2000, we, you, you know, you could get 12 Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, which we did. Um, and we bought one of them, <laughs> and it's really good. Um, and we got a lot of, we got a lot of more hard sci-fi this time around. The first time we didn't really. Um, and so there's a lot of like space marine type stories, and we bought one of them. And there's a lot of um, you know, space colonists and generation ships and that kind of stuff. So we saw a lot of that. Um, and we saw one trend that I thought was super interesting that I wish we could have done more with, and that was artifacts from the world of the machine. So when we talked to, to John, uh, uh, or to talk to Bill about his and John's story, that's the, the, the kid's pamphlet that the Homeland Security gives them when they get tested. That's an artifact from the world of the machine. And we bought that story because it said something more than just what was on the page. It was a reflection of that society. And there were some other stories that were really clever, like whether it was a legal deposition or whether it was a, a, an audio guide of a museum or whether it was a class syllabus or a TV show listing in the world of the machine. And some of them were really clever, but the things that we liked about John and Bill's in particular was how it reflected the, the society in a really interesting way and some of the others. Um, didn't have as much of that extra layer on them. But well, you could build a whole nonfiction book about the machine out of all these artifacts, which was kind of cool. So like in the art of the machine of death story. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the oral history of the machine of death. Yeah. Um, without being too specific, what stories could you not use for whatever reason you saw fit to eliminate them? The one that was 19... Did you get my story, David? 
The one that was 19,000 words long Ooh. was tough. Uh, and then by way of, uh, uh, most stories in the first book were three to 6,000 words long. And so there was one that was many times longer than that. And it was not bad, but there's just no room for that. And there were a lot of stories that were on the high word count. We didn't put a limit on the word count. And we may do a book of novellas because there were some really good ones, but you, you just can't print them all. Um, Ryan, what were some of your uh, outliers? Huh. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> and it should be an easy question to answer. I think I'm going to go back to the, the metafiction again. There was just... Um, Surprising the variety there of the kind of things we were getting. Um, stuff that took place in the real world, stuff that took place where the book was, you know, alive or reading itself or just crazy stuff that I would not expect to read. And it was fun. Yeah, but that stuff doesn't always fit. It's, it's just, yeah. just the trick. Yeah. One other trend I remembered is we got a lot of fairy tales. A lot of fairy tales, a lot of takes on the Snow White mythos or the Sleeping Beauty mythos. And like the machine was built by a gnome. Yeah, exactly. Or the, uh, the, it comes out of the king's vaults and it's full of clacking pulleys and ropes and stuff. And the different visions of the machine and the different like time periods. We had caveman stories about the machine that was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like a series of rocks and like the blood drips down the cracks and forms a, a, like an image on a leaf. Stuff like that. It's kind of cool. It's not believable at all. <laughs> It's kind of cool to see the different, like, I would love to do a Visions of a Machine of Death where it's just the different descriptions from the different stories of what the thing looks like or how it operates, the steam-powered yeah, machines. I really like that, those parts of it. Did, uh, so did the guy who wrote 19,000 words and, and it was not taken, did he have to then try to sell it elsewhere <laughs> but change the premise that instead of it was a machine, now it was a bird. <laughs> instead of your death, it's like a reason why you're going to be sad later. Right. Just to alter it enough well, this so is, they can make us I would read that book. interfere with. Yeah. <laughs> the story actually did not have that much to do with the machine, which was also kind of a big problem. Um, we, it, we, do you get a lot of submissions that are just like, check out my story? Yeah. Well, we got, yeah. Some, we, we got some check out your story, or check out my story. Oh, it's a, it's a writing market. Check out my story. We got some check out my novel, which is just, doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Um, and we got one, and actually the opposite. Um, I was thinking, like, we have a little bit of clout, so we could try and get, like, some famous writers, like, maybe. Like, our agent suggested that. But I didn't want, like, Stephen King, who apparently participates in anthologies a lot, I didn't want him to dust off like the ninth story from the bottom in his drawer and go, I could never sell this. I'll just find replace Spooky Owl with Machine of Death. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you say to Stephen King? Sorry, this sucks. No, so, you don't. You just use it for the for the. You press. just use it for the cover, right? Yeah. Exactly. May or may not contain a story by Stephen King. <laughs> and he's right. A new story by Stephen King was submitted and rejected. <laughs> So imagine how good the others must be. <laughs> um, had you considered a machine of life? Why the preoccupation with <laughs> such a morbid? It would tell you how you were conceived. <laughs> what is your preoccupation with your conception? <laughs> I need to find out. <laughs> what led to this? How could these people come together this way? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, kind of a contract. I can't think of a single person who wants to know all about that moment. <laughs> yeah, and rather than I, I think the, you're sitting beside one. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's you. 
And, and it doesn't just print out a ticket with three words on it. It's you a, get it's, the it, list. You, you get the book. You find out how they met. Bring your own paper. What they were wearing. <laughs> yeah. It's mailed to your home. Yeah. You get every year. You get like another update. Ryan, what are you looking forward to the most as far as what's going on with Volume Two? Not the book being out, people reading it. I mean, I've I've read all these stories that I can't talk about because it'll spoil the book. <laughs> it's really frustrating. There's really awesome <laughs> stuff in there. You have to wait so, just, so long to share, to compare notes. <laughs> yeah, or just to be like, hey, read this, it's awesome. I mean, I, I come from a world where I do the comic, you know, the morning of the night before, and then I'm done, and everyone gets to read it, and I, people can email me and say, hey, good comic, or hey, sucky comic, and I'd be like, yeah, well, you read it. So there. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> also, Ryan, can I say that I'm looking at the computer as though I should make eye contact with you as we're speaking, because it's just polite. So I just think of you as a machine now. That, that's understandable. I spend most of my time touching machines. Which is true, but it sounds really weird. <laughs> so, so, don't we all? Yeah. That's, we, a, that's a touchstone of humanity. Imagine how many fingers have been on every machine in the world. It's disgusting. At least one per. Right. To make it. It's more than enough. <laughs> for me, to want to have them all. Yes. For myself. How about you? Just, just getting it out there? I mean, we're nervous a little bit because it's, it's a tough act to follow. And, and we've been, like, the fact that people bought the book the first time, they kind of did it, I mean, hopefully, like, you read the samplers and, like, you trusted us a little bit. And it was so gratifying to see people, like, help us with this weird campaign, this Amazon thing, and then read the book and be like, oh, this is good. And it was, like, super gratifying. It's, it was, I didn't feel like I tricked anybody. You know, that, that we were like, hey, help us get the number one on Amazon. And then they read it and they go, oh, this is nonsense. Like, I wish I didn't buy this. I didn't, I, I, you know, I wish I didn't spend my money. No, people were really, really happy with it. And so it's, it's incredible. And so we are super confident in this next book. And we hope that it's just as good. But all we have to go on is our judgment. And so I trust that. But I've also read a lot of these stories. And I can't really be very objective anymore. So you've seen so many. It's, I've seen so much. I've seen it all. You're just <laughs> shell shocked. I've seen everything. <laughs> seen more than you needed to. No, just enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited about it. Obviously, I mean, I hope everyone is is uh, is as excited about it as as uh, as we are, and we're gonna make you by blogging just furiously, nonstop from now till well, I don't even know what's gonna come out next summer. I was gonna say, you get a time frame. Um, it depends on what we want to do with it because things like press, which we never did the first time, take like eight months in advance to have the finished manuscript sent to reviewers. And if we want to do that, it pushes us eight months from when the book is done. If we don't want to do that, then we can just do it whenever. We just put it up for sale, buy it. Hey, all right. It's up today. It's up today, <laughs> which is what we did last time. And so we have to figure out like what channels do we want to try and occupy with this project because the first time we were like awesome let's let's do it in the indie way and it was amazing everyone rallied around it and then we're like awesome let's go into bookstores and send it out to the press and and the foreign editions and the foreign editions were turned out great and then we sent it out to bookstores and then borders went bankrupt um, <laughs> owing us a lot of money <laughs> um, and so it's like wait a minute maybe we could just 
maybe like we're actually smarter than other people? Like I hate to say that, I really do, because these people have like huge careers that are, are and they have massive offices, but we lost a lot of money on porters. <laughs> so let's not do that anymore. Yeah. We don't have to do that. And it's interesting that we have these options now that we don't necessarily have to do that. And so depending on what we end up doing, We'll depend the time. We'll we'll determine the timeline. That's the long version. Like the idea that they're like, welcome to the big leagues, kid. You impressed us. Uh, we're broke. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, know you made a mistake. You yeah. A mistake. That's. I mean, I still don't think we made a mistake. It's amazing to get the book out there in bookstores and everything. And um, I wouldn't do anything differently, knowing what I know now, because it's been an amazing experience. If nothing else, we've had these cool adventures and the opportunity to do cool things like this, um, and that has been an adventure by itself. You know, we didn't get into this to become rich, we just want to do fun things. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's uh, kind of working. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. Ryan, final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Sum it all up, four words, no. <laughs> Use as many as you want. Um, as many words as I want. I think uh, Dave was actually really eloquent there, surprisingly eloquent, I mean that in my <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> Well, you can't see he's like, reading from I, I was listening notes. to him talking about how, you know, we did this just to have fun and do something cool and how even though, you know, these big companies go bankrupt, we're still there just doing what we feel like. And I was like, man, we are pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, it's a nice feeling to have at two in the morning when you're up at a dark alone. How's Toronto? How's your house? Dark in the middle of the night? You sticking with us? Oh, yeah. What's the time difference? Three hours. It's, it's 2 a.m. here. Awesome. Ooh. All right. <laughs> you like the show so far. <laughs> You'll love the next six hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very much, it's going to be You have energizing. to tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Ryan's going to stick around a few more minutes. If you guys want to talk to him on Skype, we got some headphones, and he'll, he'll chat with you. And real quick, I'm going to read some of the stories that will be in Machine of Death 2. Blunt Force Trauma by Liz Argall. In Battle, Alone and Soon Forgotten by Ed Turner. In Sleep by Ren Warham. Killed in a Riot by Ryan Estrada. La Mort d'un Roturier by Martin Livings. Meat Eater by John and Bill Chernega. Your Choice, Richard Salter, which is a choose your own adventure. Nice. <laughs> Zephyr by George Page III. Furnace by Erica Hammerschmidt. Not Applicable by Kyle Schoenfeld. <laughs> nice. Old Age Surrounded by Loved Ones by Jonathan Burgoyne. Peacefully by M.J. Leitch. Machine of Death by Karen Stay Alstrom. 216 by Marley Norton. Apatoxin by John Takis. That's the Sherlock Holmes one. Conflagration by D.L.E. Roger. Drowning, Burning, Falling, Flying <laughs> by Grace Siebold. Execution by Beheading, Chandler Caden. Lazarus Reactor Fission Sequence, Tom Francis. Rock and Roll, Toby W. Rush. <laughs> Screaming, Crying, Alone, and Afraid, Deliza Chaponda. Tetrapod by Rebecca Black. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Toxoplasmosis of the Brain by Gord Seller. And Old Age by Brigitte Oral.
And we reserve the, the right to add a few more as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Machine of Death 2. The second volume of Machine of Death will be in bookstores nationwide in July 2013. I'd also like to add a few titles to the list that I announced on stage. Blue Fever by Ada Hoffman. Natural Causes by Rhiannon Kelly. Cecile by Holland Lane. And Made Into Delicious Cheeseburger by Sarah Pavis. Uh, so these four, uh, plus the three by Ryan, Matt, and me, uh, and the list that I announced, altogether 31 stories will be in the new book. Uh, we're incredibly excited about it. We hope you enjoy reading it as much as, as we've enjoyed putting it together. Um, and we'll be talking a lot more about it over the coming weeks and months uh, at machineofdeath.net. Uh, and we'll also be continuing to release more podcast episodes with new Machine of Death content as well. So watch for that. Thanks for listening.